howdy y'all and welcome to another episode of the daily grind i'm your host john spencer and with me again this week is marisa so marisa and i are going to be co-hosting the brew your brain and sharpen your wit uh monday through thursday and then we will have uh, a longer john and marisa show on friday so <laughs> Join us as we get ready on the Daily Grind to brew your brain with some interesting historical facts, updates on today's date, sharpen your wit with some random kind of thoughts to get your brain gears turning, and then a little bit of time to enhance your faith as we talk about the Bible and our walk with Jesus and maybe what just authentic Christianity Christianity should look like. So Maritza, thanks again for joining me on the Daily Grind. Oh, thank you for having me. I already got my cup of coffee. I'm ready to go. Yeah, so grab a mug of your favorite brew, and let's get this show on the road. Well, now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It is Monday, July 3rd. Congress established the United States Second Mint in San Francisco, California. And in 1884, Dow Jones and Company published its first stock average. Three reporters founded the company, Charles Dow, Edward Jones, and Charles Bergstresser. And nearly everybody here is Dow Jones. So <laughs> frontman Jim Morrison died of an accidental drug overdose in Paris at the age of 27. Hmm. In 1979, President Jimmy Carter signed the first directive for secret aid. We have been involved in Afghanistan since 1979. Wow. I know. There is a lot of stuff, Marisa, that has happened on July 3rd. July 3rd is American Redneck Day. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's Compliment Your Mirror Day. It's disobedience, yeah, disobedience day. If so, are you honoring disobedience day if you refuse to participate in disobedience day? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's National Chocolate Wafer Day. It's National Eat Your Beans Day. It's National Fried Clam Day. I don't know that I've ever had a fried clam. I don't think I have either. Oh, okay. All right, maybe I need to find me. (laughs) A clam and fry. It's also plastic bag free day and appropriate mm-hmm. for those of us right now, stay out of the Sunday. So Monday and Saturday are okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. But just a lot third, stay out of the sun. <laughs> now it's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit. I bet the average number of fingers on July third is probably almost always higher than the average number of fingers after July 4th. (laughs) This probably won't translate on a podcast, but I was writing out July and I was typing a letter to somebody named Julie. And as I looked at July and Julie, I want to go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This doesn't mean anything, but I just think it's quirky and interesting. But if you take the first letter of the month, starting in July and go through November, you spell Jason. I just, I, know. I literally just wrote the calendar out and I noticed that 
like yesterday. Ah, I will tell you, I believe this is true. Anyone who's trying to win an argument, they are not really interested in having a discussion. Truth, absolutely. If all of humanity put together, we have over 168 billion hours a day to accomplish things. Oh, man. Hey, did you know that the singular of spaghetti is spaghetto? No. Yeah. Lots of strands, spaghetti. Just one, spaghetto. That rule in Italian also applies to ravioli. That's a, a bunch of raviolo. If you just eat one. Hmm. I know. Somebody has taken the original artwork for that iconic Jaws poster and it's still missing. Nobody knows where it is. Do you know, Marisa, that movie theater popcorn cost more per ounce than filet mignon? Well, movie theater popcorn, yeah. Because at the movie theater, the price of popcorn is more than 12,000% higher than its production cost. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. in the wrong business. In fact, Lottie's walking by. And I just wonder, think about Lola for a minute. What is your dog's name for you? <laughs> I mean, we name them, but you want to go, man, they probably have a name for us. I wonder what it is. <laughs> I'm really here thinking, I'm like, okay, she calls me mom. I don't know she doesn't. She doesn't call me that. She's like, the, the feeder is here. <laughs> <laughs> the feeder, the walker. The When I was young, I would try to sneak out of the house to go to parties. And I realized the other day that I'm at a season in life now where I want to sneak out of parties to go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hear you. I will tell you that I have a fear of moving stairs, and it's escalating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so... Maritza, thanks for joining me on the first part of the Daily Grind. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enhance your faith. You know, last time on the Daily Grind, Maritza and I talked about the Beatitudes. And she had made a reference to the Ten Commandments. And it just made me really think about them some more. Now, I really like the notion that God gave us the Ten Commandments um, out of love. But I also wanted to put some other context for that. God had delivered his people from bondage in Egypt. But his people were a people who did not have. So I was in the store the other day. And on the aisle next to me, I couldn't see it. But I heard, sounded like a young teenage kind of person, say, oh my God. And then I heard a smack. And I couldn't tell if it was somebody clapping their hands, somebody smacking somebody in the arm or somebody just putting one across somebody's face. But the parent's response was, don't take God's name in vain. I think most of us, if you grew up like I did in kind of church culture, you heard that taking God's name in vain is a sin. And most people associate that with like using it irreverently or with a curse word. But I think there's a problem when we oversimplify the third commandment. And I think we miss the real meaning of not taking God's name in vain. So what is that verse talking about? Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, 
of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, when we approach something familiar to us, we tend to just read it quickly, move on. But here's let's we need to break this passage down and understand what taking the Lord's name in vain really means. And so the first thing we need to examine is what does it mean to take the name of the Lord? Another way that we could translate, I think, this verse, and I think even a more literal translation, is to say that you shall not take up the name of your God in vain, or you shall not carry the name of God, or you shall not bear the name of God. What this verse is saying is that God's people, people, as his representatives around them about who Yahweh is. And for those of us in the new covenant, this is one of those things that I go, I think the charge is still on us. We are called into, we're adopted into God's family. We become joint heirs with Jesus. And so our actions tell those around us something about God. Think about it. I mean, you go into a store, a restaurant, wherever, and the employee, that person is rude. Then you're less likely to shop there in the future. Of course, the reverse is true too. If you encounter excellent service, somebody that goes the extra mile above and beyond, you will be more likely to shop there again. They represent that company that they work for and what they do and say tells you something about that company. So it's true for us as people are going to follow Jesus. We bear his image. Look up 2 Corinthians 5.20. What we do, how we treat other people, what we say tells someone something about God. Good or bad, the challenge of this verse is to represent God well. The next question then is, if taking God's name really doesn't mean hey, not just using it in a sentence wrong, but to take it up, like it to make it my name and to go forward realizing that I now carry God's name and what I do reflects on him. I'm representing him to a lost world. In vain, what does in vain mean? Now, the Hebrew word we translate vain really carries a meaning of something that's empty or hollow, worthless, it's nothing or of no good purpose. Now, this doesn't mean that we should avoid saying God's name. No, uh, some think that. But rather, I believe what it's really saying is that we should be careful how we use his name. And we tend to downplay the importance of names in our culture, but it wasn't always the case. And so uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago when this was written in ancient cultures, your name meant something. It had value. It told others who you were. And the same is true with the name of God. His name has meaning, it's power, and it had and it's holy. And so we shouldn't use it as if it's empty or hollow or worthless or in vain. Do not represent me in a manner that's worthless or wicked or for your own gain. Don't take my name and then live in a manner that is contrary to who I am. I think you could maybe translate that verse, the idea of it this way. We are God's ambassadors, and therefore we should represent him well to those around us. Taking the Lord's name in vain happens when we misrepresent him to the people that are around us. So again, I think most people would say this verse implies not 
using God's name as a cuss word. But at that oversimplification, I think misses the real meaning of taking the Lord's name in vain. Now, I'm not saying we should just start using God's name as a curse word. It's holy and it has power. But I think the real warning for us is about misusing his name. It goes far beyond saying OMG. And we see people take his name in vain all the time. I think the most glaring way that we see it in American Christian culture is by using his name for uh, our own benefit. I think the extreme example would be TV evangelists who promise God's blessings if people will just give them money. But it's not limited to that group. We take God's name in vain when we take advantage of others for our own gain. You know, I mean, think about it in reverse. If somebody used your name and defrauded dozens of people, you wouldn't take too kindly to it. It would be somebody abusing your name. And I think that's why the Bible repeatedly says, because whether we're using God's name to get rich or to get power or to gain control over someone or to manipulate someone, we should really step back, really think twice about doing that. We can, I, like everybody, can see this in others before I see it myself. We all tend to point our fingers at others for doing it, but we all need to do some self-examination. I've seen all kinds of people manipulate friends and family members and co-workers in God's name for something they want. That is taking God's name in vain. Other times, I think people will use God's name to try to justify their actions. People will say, well, God wants me to be happy. Used to justify all kinds of behavior and sin that we just don't want to stop. If what God is telling you doesn't line up with what you find in the Bible, it's not God speaking to you. It's just you wanting to justify your sin. Now, I'm not advocating that we just start using God's name flippantly. No, we need to use it with awe and respect and reverence. I think that's part of taking God's name in vain. It's just not the sum total of what the third commandment is getting at. So if you're a Christ follower, what you do and say represents Jesus. I think all of us should just take a moment and evaluate our lives and ask ourselves if we are representing God well. Swearing, taking God's name in vain are often tied closely together. But just ask yourself, am I bearing, am I carrying, am I representing God's name well? Am I doing it in things that bear fruit? Because that's good and it's honoring. But if I'm doing it in things that are worthless or empty or manipulative or for my own gain or cause harm to others, then that's in vain. And God says he won't hold people guiltless who do that. It's a big deal to him. Anyway, thanks for spending time with me this morning. I hope to see you tomorrow on The Daily Grind. Grace and peace to you. Mm -hmm.